BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. It's now time for Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue, Joe Grande, and Mark and Craig Wasserman, the Pot Brothers at Law. We are the world's number one podcast for everything cannabis. Hello and welcome to Cannabis Talk 101. My name is Blue. Alongside him is the world famous Pot Brothers at Law and Mr. Big Joe Grande. And you are now tuned in to the greatest cannabis show in the universe. In the world. I say the galaxy this time. We're getting bigger. I I think you're all correct. Hey, well, we have an amazing show for you guys today. And Joe, why don't you let them know what's going down? Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to our podcast, Cannabis Talk 101, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you check out our Instagram pages for the daily news, learn the script, learn the slam poem, and all that and more about our personal lives Uh at Cannabis Talk 101, at pot underscore brothers underscore at underscore law, and at Waslaw, little brother Mark Wasserman, at Waslaw is big brother craig washman at one christopher wright is blue and i am at joe grande 52 and today we have a very special guest with us you guys his name is legendary hence frank the legend shamrock my brother he is the ceo keynote speaker he does tv film producer he's a martial arts master yes he is but most of us remember him as one bad motherfucker. I mean, this dude would just ground and pound you. Frank Shamrock was the first to hold the UFC middleweight championship and retired a four-time defending undefeated champion. Frank Shamrock was the number one ranked pound-for-pound UFC fighter in the world during his reign as the UFC middleweight champion. Frank Shamrock, it's always great to have you and talk with you again, brother. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Nice to be here, guys. It's it's good to have you on. And before we chop it up with you and talk about cannabis and this article I just read with you talking about how you use cannabis throughout your whole career, I want to throw a question around the room. Is all of us are in different places? Frank, you're in the Bay Area, I'm assuming, correct? Oh, you're in LA LA now. now. Thanks for calling and checking in and hanging out with me. I appreciate that, you asshole. 
<laughs> but we're all in our separate homes in Southern California as well. But what do we all miss about COVID-19? I mean, it's it's getting deep now. We've been months inside the house, months doing our show remotely. And let's start with you, Mark. At what point, you know, do you want to just say, screw it and let me just live my life? How are you feeling? What do you miss the most? Well, you know what? I'm I'm almost almost at that point, but you know, I'm still listening to the health and safety, the health experts and the science scientists and everything. But that question, what do I miss most? You know, there's there's so much. There is so much. But to pick one thing, I really thought about it. And uh, every Saturday prior to this, every Saturday night without fail, me and my wife go to dinner at a place called the Blue Water Grill. Yes. Get away from the kids, just us. And we've, I don't even know how long we've done that. It's been so long. We every Saturday night. And uh, that, that's something that I really, really miss that I'm looking forward to. Uh, you know, to your wife doesn't listen to the podcast, right? So you don't need to score brownie points, Mark. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Actually, actually, she will listen to this one because this morning we got into a fight. So <laughs> what do you mean? You're not recording really, shit. Really, really make sure. Up. This is it. Hey, life is life. Oh, come on. We're we're in quarantine with our spouses for how long? I mean, somebody out there saying they haven't gotten to fight with their with their spouse. BS. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, that is. What about you, Blue? What do you miss the most? You know what? I miss being uh, naked in public. Nice. <laughs> we don't. Nobody else yeah. does. <laughs> no, you know what? Honestly, man, I, I, I enjoy, you know, going out, you know, and, and it's been it's been ridiculous that we haven't been able to, you know, go to certain places. Um, and it's just just the simple things, man, going out to dinner, hitting a movie, just doing the basics. I, I, I really I, I really found out how much I enjoyed that kind of stuff now that this has happened. So it's the small things for me, man. I hear that. Craig, before we find out what you missed the most, we do need an update on the laps. As I keep reading on your IG, people keep commenting, how many laps is he swimming now as we've been following you on this quarantine as you started swimming your laps? Frank Shamrock, just to let you know, you know, our friend and brother here, Craig Wasserman, he's the oldest of the group. He's at, you know, 58 years old. And he started swimming laps at a swimming pool. He started at three laps he was able to do. So now, Craig, where are you at with your laps before we hear what you missed most about COVID-19? 25 laps. What? Wow. Yeah. And it's a pool. I mean, the COVID thing has been a mixed mixed bag, uh, blessing in disguise type thing because – I, I have a, had this pool for literally 25 years and I <laughs> go in it and I get out of it. I don't swim in it. And since this COVID thing started, I've been, uh, I started doing the laps and working my way up or walking two miles a day. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's been a blessing on that end of it as far as getting back into getting into shape and uh, getting my cardio up. And, and even though my old joints are all fucked up, uh, that swimming is, is, is the best. What I miss most, <clears throat> I, I got to, it's like blue, man. I just, it's the little things. It's, I know what it really is. It's tough is the fucking hugs. You can't hug, mm. you know, it's, yeah. just, it's, it's brutal. True. And, and it's, it's just weird when you see somebody, we went on a motorcycle ride this weekend. We actually it was really cool. One of our brother's friends in Whittier's daughter just got back from chalk from brain surgery and oh. she was recovering and they put together a caravan. So there's all these cars going by with balloons 
and uh, we had, we were on our we had about twenty motorcycles that went by her, um, and, and you just you can't stop and hug anybody or, or say anything or you know you can't get too close. You got to wear the mask, and I don't know. That, I, I think that's a huge one is just not being able to walk up and go, hey, give me that hug. That is a tough one. What about you, Frank? What do you miss the most since COVID nineteen's taken over? I miss just hanging out, hanging out in the backyard, hanging out with friends, barbecuing, just chilling. Man, I finally finished up this fighting career. I finally retired. I got all this time in the world, and I, now I got nothing to do. I got nothing yeah. to do. I'm just sitting with myself going, damn it, this did not work out like I thought it was going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> all the time and nowhere to go. Babe, what about you, Joe? Yeah, I, I actually miss the most, uh, you know, with me having a five-year-old little boy and a seven-year-old girl. We're always doing something on the weekend sports-wise with them, and both of their – baseball's gotten stopped the basketball stopped so it just sucked not being able to go to these games and these games are you know they they do more than just me being able to watch my kids play i get to see their my kids friends and we're friends with the kids parents so it's like a all in one i get to hang out with these guys that i go golfing with now and bs with around the neighborhood so it's that camaraderie of doing things with my kids that i found that i miss the most because you know, I can hang out with the guys and still hang out with the kids and watch them have a great time and watch them play sports. They're just going to start doing some more jujitsu. We just got an email the other day saying the jujitsu class by the house opened up. So we're like, yes, we can get them out the house and go do that. So God willing, I'll be able to go check that out. But they're only doing private classes. So we'll see how that works out. But uh, it's always good. We're going to come back and talk more with Frank Shamrock, the legend. So let's break real quick. And uh, I'm going to get on his ass because I didn't know he lived in L.A. That's bullshit. It's Frank Shamrock. (laughs) Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, And of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101. On the show today, we've got a special guest with us, Frank, the legend Shamrock. He was the first to hold the UFC middleweight championship and retire a four-time defending undefeated champion. Now, Shamrock was number one ranked pound-for-pound UFC fighter in the world during his reign as the UFC middleweight champion. Frank just recently said in an article from the Growth Up magazine, or online mag, it was that I read it, is, I just found cannabis was a wonderful pain reliever, and he used it his entire sports career. All of the world championship titles, everything that he achieved, he used cannabis on a daily basis. And it's crazy, Frank, to you to say this and barely come out now with it recently because I'm thinking what a burden that must have been for you to not be able to preach this gospel at the time when you're looking at this as medicine and people would arrest you for it at the time if you would have been saying it. Yeah, totally. I mean, it was it was a total bummer. And then I had to, you know, back then the only test was like cocaine and cannabis. And you had to make sure you weren't on either oh. of those. So, you yeah. know, the last two weeks would be horrid before a championship fight because I couldn't consume my medicine. But I took it every day, morning, noon and night. It was it was the only thing I took, cannabis and ice uh, throughout my entire career. And you know, everyone says it's, uh, you know, make you lazy. It'll, uh, you know, drag you down. For me, it was a performance enhancer and it was a way to completely relax and just, you know, get rid of the pain. I, fighting in a cage is very painful. Very painful. Oh, yeah. Oh, How yeah. You- I mean, every, whenever I watch it, I every time there's a strike thrown or a punch, I'm like, ow, that's got to hurt. He's off. Backs off from the TV. The, the, yeah. calf, the calf kicks, the calf kicks, like that's got to hurt, my God. Frank, why come out the closet now? Why come out of the green closet now? What's the feeling from you? Well, I really started talking about it when it was legalized in California. And it was really, you know, it was a whole team decision because at the time I was a broadcaster for Showtime and I worked for CBS as a presenter. Um, you know, I'm a professional spokesman. So my job is to bring products to market, you know, help change ideas. And so it was a very big decision to make, but we were only able to do it really because it was then legal. And that was when we felt like it was the right time. It was something I wanted to talk about at all times, but also I was a martial arts instructor for 20 years. And, you know, martial arts is a very family oriented community where if something's illegal, you don't do it. And so I was definitely torn between two worlds, but, you know, by far it's a better medicine than all the medicines they give you as a sports athlete. And then if you look at the science now, it's just ridiculous. You know, it's proven neuroprotectant. Every football player should be taking this. Every contact sport athlete should be taking this because it's a better medicine than what's out there and currently available. And it's all natural. Frank, what were you using? Frank, being in the in the in the ring, who who do you feel was your 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 hardest competitor that you've ever had to 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 fight in the ring? 
Uh, it, it, it changed depending on the, you know, the moment, but the biggest and the toughest was when I fought Tito Ortiz because wow. he was just the next Legendary. level. Yeah. Next level guy. I mean, he's like six, two, you know, he's like two forty. I'm five, 10, you know, 190 pounds. So he was just the next level human being. And when you're a professional athlete, you know, the size, the volume, the mass, you know, all that stuff matters a lot. And he, you know, he put a beating on me. I, I ended up winning. But he was the toughest physical confrontation I ever had. You seems like you can take many punches. I was, you know, I was doing research <laughs> on you last night, Frank, I, and I was reading stuff, and then I went to the YouTube, and I swear to God, I, the, I, I don't know how many different times, but the taunting guys punching you in the face and you laughing yeah. at them, just laughing at him after because he's a fucking nut. Awesome. I, I was just like, what the hell? Now, now I do have a question about the cannabis use when you were using it. What were you using a combination of CBD THC? How were you consuming it? What was the, the best way for you? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Well, I really liked edibles as sort of a nighttime experience or a Sunday experience because I trained six days a week. You know, it was Monday through Saturday for nine, for 16 years. And so Sunday was sort of my day off. So Sunday was edible day, relaxed day, uh, travel days. If I had to travel, fly to Japan, I would use edibles. But all else, it was just pure smoking because it's the fastest, most convenient, most functional way to consume. And it, it uh, delivers the medicine the quickest. And, and I thought what's funny is I was known for my cardiovascular endurance and I could outlast anybody else. And the whole time I was smoking. Um, so it was just uh, for me, I, I would the OGs, the purplies, those things get rid of my pain. Yeah. You know, and I had, I had, yeah, I had really I bad mean, back pain for what, years it, and years. It's so, un it's so unfortunate that it's falling on deaf ears at the federal level. It's just so falling on deaf ears, all the great things that this plant can do. One thing I wanted to ask is you retired in 2010, correct? Yes. And what, you were 38? Thir yeah, 38. I mean, how do you believe that the cannabis use all those years allowed you to extend your your run at this sport? I mean, I, I know as the years went in, I mean, I think I was reading a quote from you today. At some point in time, you're just, you know, physically, your mind's there. I'm a champion, but it just isn't going to work. Do you think the cannabis helped you go that long? Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Because besides a pain, a great pain management tool that wasn't addictive, it was a great psychological relaxant. You know, it's a great yeah, that, way that, 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 to that, chill. Absolutely. We are here That's with Frank, the legend, Shamrock. He is a retired four-time defending undefeated UFC middleweight champion. Frank, sorry to cut you off, big brother, but I wanted to ask you about the Baroni fight because that was one of the fights that, <laughs> that, that I was watching, and that guy wanted, wanted you. I mean, there was, and I think you wanted him too. And the first round, you pretty much almost had him. Can you talk about that first round of that fight? Yeah. Well, the funny part is the lead up to that fight was uh, two weeks before that fight, I blew my knee out, my left knee, all the tendons, MCL, ACL, PCL. And I was in an electric wheelchair. And uh, I knew I had to fight because this was a big moment for Showtime. It was a big moment for my brand. I had been disqualified in my previous fight. And so it was like a big brand moment where I knew I had to show up. And so I showed up, you know, hurt. But uh, the way to beat Phil was psychologically, I got in his head and I picked on him and I made fun of him. And 
you know, I basically teased him. You like bully. I know. I teased him into into being into submission. Yeah, into being into being angry and sort of losing his focus. And then, you know, the the thing with Phil was when he lost his focus and he got angry, he got tight, and you could see the punches coming. So I knew I could outstrike him if I kept him on that psychological edge. And yeah, I lit him up. I even called like I did this sleeper move and. You know, I thought for certain he would fall down after that. But every time he went to punch, I could see it because he was so upset and he was so tense. <laughs> and right as soon as he would punch, I would just blast him right on the chin. And I thought for certain he was finished in that first round. But he did come back to life and 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 fight until the second. But you finished. Going back to cannabis. Oh, hold on, Mark. Uh, uh, Frank, if you could turn on your phone, too, so we could hear you on the Zoom and get that as a recording as well. So just unmute that. But going back to cannabis, too, and your fighting, how did you learn the balance as far as you said you did edibles at night? Like, did you know to do edibles at night? What gave you that sense? And who taught you how to use the cannabis for the best results? Just just trial and error. You know, it wasn't something we really talked about in the culture. Different different countries. Uh, you, know. you mean Javier Mendez didn't say here smoke no. this, and Maurice Smith didn't say try this one right here, brother. No, no, they all thought I was crazy, and they didn't understand, you know, what I was doing or why I was doing it. But I was performing well, so they didn't stop me, and no one really said, it, you know, don't do it. But you know, everyone else was taking Vicodin and you know Percocet, and they were taking all these other pills. When I took those, I felt terrible. I didn't sleep good. My body felt heavy. You know, I was dry. When I smoked cannabis, you know, I would I would wake up, I'd feel amazing. Yeah. And so I just through trial and error, I realized like this was a better medicine. All I need is ice and cannabis, and my body will do anything. You know what I think is great, and and we'll, we'll keep it on the subject of cannabis, is the fact that. I read that you don't use cannabis any longer, or at least as of the date of that article, uh, because you started the meditation, you, you got therapy for all those, for the back injury and the back problems, and, and you stopped using cannabis because you didn't need it for the pain any longer. Does that still hold true? Yeah. Yeah, I stopped using it. It's been almost uh, a year now because that, about... That just, that... Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. Go ahead. Well, what happened was, you know, since I was 16, I had back pain because I got a spondy in my spine. So one of my little vertebrae is broken and I fell it off a roof. Jumping off. A, was that jumping off or falling off a two story? I fell because I, I was actually reaching to grab this oak tree branch and the wind blew as soon as I grabbed it. So it sort of pulled me. It sort of pulled me off the roof and then I fell two stories on my back. And, you know, wow. the, one of the rules in our house was you don't get on the roof. So I didn't tell anybody. But for my, <laughs> wow. yeah, for my entire sports career, I had this terrible pain in my lower back, like sciatica pain. And I would be kicking everyone's ass in the gym. And all of a sudden, my back would go out. And I'd fall over. And I'd have to go to the Can doctor and get it fixed. Yeah, it was really bad. And so I searched for 20 plus years to find a doctor to fix it. I finally found one right here in Beverly Hills. Dennis uh, Colonello. And he fixed my back. And so one day I woke wow. up. And I had no back pain. So I was like, wait a minute. Without surgery. Without, Without surgery. surgery. Without That's surgery. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. So then I was the like. Point what, I, yeah. the, the point I wanted to bring up was that, and it's awesome because you're out of the green closet. My brother and I advocate this all the time, that you can be successful. We're changing the, the definition and the stereotype of the word stoner. And the fact is huge. This is a, this is a huge exclamation point. It's not addictive for you to be able to smoke for all those years, 30 years, 30 or whatever, 25 years. 
And now you can stop because you don't need it. You, you found another way to manage your pain and get healthy. I mean, it's just crazy. It's not addictive and, and everybody needs to know that. Frank, you know, uh, do you still work? Are you still working out? How are you keeping your fitness and, um, you know, things like that? Yeah, I still work out, but now it's all sort of outside natural. We hike, we ride bikes, we, you know, go rock climbing. It's pretty much a natural experience because I spent, you know, 20 plus years in the gym at the highest level. So we, we use nature. And that's one of the good things about the uh, quarantine. If there are some good things, I get to spend tremendous amount of time with my daughter and every night, you know, we're two hours out in nature doing, you know, physical activity. Spending as you're on these walk, Frank, and doing all these things now that you're retired, do you ever reflect back to your career? I mean, I'm not going to mention when you and I went to Brazil when I carried the belts, and that was probably your highlight as well as mine. But <laughs> Yo, you always got <laughs> it. my point. Well, it, I did do that for those who don't know. Make sure you've done everything in the interview. You've done everything. Um, well, yeah. Well, it was just a great time and a great experience that we shared together. And I always thank you for allowing me to go on that trip with you to, for that fight. But as you reflect now that you're retired, do you look back and think, who is it better to fight for? Dana White, Scott Coker, when you retired, came back. What do you look at and what do you think of when you think of those different entities that you fought with? Well, for me, it's not even so much the entities. I mean, I loved fighting for Scott and the UFC. They all were great. But for me, it was the performances themselves, because each one was like a personal, you know, journey. Each, you know, fighting Tito. I mean, he was a monster. I mean, even my own brother was like, don't fight Three him. Times. He's going to crush you. Well, that was my brother. So I only fought him once. And then my brother, okay. Ken, fought him three times. Um, yeah. And he beat he, he beat Ken all three times. But I, nice. but I beat him. So it's just, and then when I fought Phil, like I blown my knee out. And so, you know, everybody, even my doctor's like, there's no way you can do this. So for me, it was a huge spiritual and personal experience to be able to meditate, to be able to calm myself, to be able to go, no, I have to do this for my career, for my brand, for the sport. And then to walk in there when, you know, basically it was impossible to win wow. and to find a way to win. And so when you come out of moments like that, from personal experiences like that, that's what I, when I'm walking down, you know, when I'm hiking, that's what I think about is how on earth. You know, did I do that? But everybody has that power to sort of reach deep inside, to do what they think is impossible, to sort of overcome these things. And now, I mean, you know, it certainly paid off. I'm, you know, spending my days in leisure, hiking in the forest with my little girl. Enjoying the good life. We're here with Frank, the legend Shamrock. One bad motherfucker, like uh, Joe said, retired four-time <laughs> defending undefeated champion. Man, it's it's a pleasure to have you here. And I want to talk a little about your childhood because you had a, a pretty rough childhood uh, coming up, uh, and that's kind of what led you to uh, fighting uh, in the ring. Uh, as I understand it, you didn't do too much fighting outside of it when you were younger, although you got into a lot of trouble. Maybe in jail? I got enough. <laughs> I got a couple of beefs when I was in jail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah I, had a, I had a tough childhood. I grew up in a broken home, in an abusive home, um, you know, addiction issues, but all kinds of issues. Um, but And I found a way out. When I was 11 years old, I threw rocks at a train, <laughs> and that got me sent to juvenile hall. Throwing rocks at a train in California is actually a felony. Yes. And so it, they took me from my home. I ended up doing 10 days in juvenile hall. And when I was 11 years old, I was talking to all the bad kids, and they were telling – I was like asking them, hey, how do you – how do you deal with this locking in the closet thing? And do you guys have to live in the backyard? And as I'm saying these things, they're looking at me all horrified. And I realized that my, my childhood was not that good. 
And so I found that crime was the tool that took me out of that home. And I leaned into crime like you wouldn't believe, (laughs) which worked out great until I ended up in prison when I was 17. And then I ended up doing a good, good stretch of time. I did three and a half years from 17 to 21. And then, uh, you know, I just I found a mentor while I was in that group home system, Bob Shamrock. And Bob Shamrock, you know, gave me great advice. He was my first father figure. He told me to invest in my body, my mind and my spirit. And, you know, to keep training, basically. And when I got out, you know, this sport had just started. And, you know, it was, I, my dream was always to be a champion, a sports champion. So even though I was afraid to fight, even though, I, you know, it made me very nervous to be in a situation like that. Um, I had the machine for it and I had the faith and I, I went for it. How did you feel about Yeah, Bob did. And he would be so mad at me. But his whole thing was, and this is one of the things that, that, kept me in it is, you know, he said, Hey, as long as you're doing your stuff, as long as you're taking care of your business, I don't care what you do. Yeah. I, I get parents call me up that know I use weed or smoke cannabis and they say, Oh, my 17 year old or 18 year old wants to smoke. And I said, you know what? Tell them exactly what you just said is what I tell people. If they're doing everything they're supposed to be doing, what's the problem? And when people say cannabis makes you lazy, we say, no, you're a lazy ass who uses cannabis. <laughs> yeah, you're lazy. You're lazy to That's start right. with. <laughs> cannabis does not make yeah. you lazy. And we have a, an example right here that shows that. I mean, couldn't be. A- well, all of you guys are examples. You and your brother as well, <laughs> Craig. I mean, don't just give Frank the credit for being an athlete. For sure. You guys are very successful lawyers. He's a very successful CEO of his company. All three of you guys are examples of stoners at the peak of their stone inch age <laughs> and being very successful. <laughs> well, guys, we're listening to Frank Shamrock, actually the original rock, the legend Shamrock, right? Uh, weighing in at what is it, uh, two hundred five, standing five ten. I wish. Is that right? I wish. I'm. I'm. I'm one hundred and eighty six <laughs> pounds, and uh, but we never told anybody that. We just let them think I was a lot bigger, but I'm actually about one hundred and eighty five pounds or so. Well, a lot of the guys you fought well, looked looked a lot bigger than you, and you just they were, yeah. The but, but when I started, there was no weight classes. Like I was the first right. weight class champion, and that weight class was one ninety nine point nine nine and below. <laughs> wow. So every single human being was bigger than me. I used to eat a full meal every night at eleven thirty when I went to bed. Wow, because it was the only way to to maintain the weight, and it gave me crazy dreams. Like I'd have the crazy smoke a little, eat a little. Crazy dream all night and then wake up. <laughs> wow. Frank, UFC just had a fight with no fighters. They've had a few now. I'm wondering, would you partake in something like that? Or what are your thoughts on it, you know, that the UFC is actually doing it? How tough would it be mentally for the fighter? Or does it even, even play a factor? Well, what's funny is, because I started in Japan, and back in the 90s, the crowd didn't cheer. Because it, oh, really? it wasn't socially cool. You didn't cheer. You didn't express yourself you know, verbally in a social setting unless you had an intimate connection with someone personally. So they would just politely applause. they go, ooh, ah. And so what's amazing about it is you actually get to hear your corner in depth. And the hardest part for me, being a rock star, is to go out, have this you know, 50,000 people screaming, and you're trying to hear your corner. So it's actually would be a huge bonus as a, as an athlete competing right now to yeah, not have the crowd. In the way. It was interesting listening to the corner. You could hear everything. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 
I would prefer it because that's all I'm trying to do is filter out my wife's screams and then here, here's the corner man. Tell me what to do. Now, Frank, yeah. you, you mentioned that you you were scared to fight. Uh, that fir- very first time you fought professionally, how was that? How did you prepare, prepare yourself and how did you get through the fears that you might have had going in? Uh, I was very afraid. I had lots of meditation. Luckily, I had all that time in prison to sort of make up my mind and, you know, sort of decide, like, I have to do have to go do this. Um, and for me, it was even scarier because I went to Japan for my first fight. And I went to Japan for two months to finish my training. So I went from Folsom Prison to Shin Yokohama, Japan, and lived there for two months while on parole and finished my training. So it was terrifying. Wow. It was literally terrifying. I would say the 10 They let you do check. parole in Japan? Yeah, well, back in the day, it was the only uh, place you could be employed. Huh. And so we, we were able to prove that it was gainful employment only available in this certain area. And I wow. had to go or it was a disadvantage to me. That's great. Genius. That's Genius. the way it worked. The system. Frank, the legend, Shamrock, what fighters are you enjoying watching now? And do any of them remind you of yourself? Um. Well, Henry uh, Sayuda reminds me of me because he looks exactly like me, uh, like my little brother. Yeah, he might uh, be your son. Who knows with you and your raw dog action? <laughs> Everyone says he might be my son. He might be my little brother. Um, I, I really like I like what the girls are doing. You know, I like the old school guys. I like John Jones. Um, you know, I see I see a little bit of me in all of them because I was the first, you know, complete mixed martial arts guy. I was the first guy to really like Bruce Lee thought, you know, thought to create a system and then to use that system effectively. So there's no weaknesses. So when I watch them today, I'm like, ah, I remember when we figured that one out. And I remember when we tied that together. And back in the day, I could see the spaces between the styles. And that's how I set all those records and beat all those guys is, you know, their minds were stuck in one area. And because I was studying so much and because I was trying to connect all the styles, I could see where the things didn't connect and where there was weaknesses. It's a trip that you say that because I was mentioning that to the guys and thinking about your history and following you early on in your career, how you did bring it all together, right? So you're kind of the, as this Michael Jordan special was out, the last dance, you're kind of the Michael Jordan of the UFC and mixed martial arts, in my opinion, because like you said, you brought it all together. So that all being said, if we do, because I think I'm going to produce this now that I just think about it, we're going to do the Frank <laughs> Shamrock last dance. What, what would you call yours instead of the last dance? What would Frank the Legend Shamrock's special be on ESPN? What would you Ooh, call it? Um, hmm. I would call it uh, something to do with warriors, like uh, warriors' path or journey or something to do with warriors. A warriors' path and journey. Yeah, I, yeah. Frank yeah, I, I think yeah. Frank's a, a, what he put together. I mean, Michael Jordan was great. Don't get me wrong. But I got to put Frank above that as far as putting together, I mean, several, I mean, all these different styles, ground and pound, stand up, strike. I mean, everything he put together is something that didn't exist. Michael Jordan may have taken basketball to another level, may be able to see things on the court, blah, blah, blah. But he didn't put together a complete system that would go on to decimate everybody in his path. So props to you. Wow. And and Thank while you're you. doing cannabis, so in between when you're putting all yeah. this together, let's bring it back to cannabis. When you're putting all, when you're doing all this and thinking, how do I put this with that, and how do I, you know, these combinations and these different styles, uh, you were you were using cannabis, correct? Totally. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Yeah, and I I know for a fact that being in a very relaxed state of mind, you know, not being in pain, um, you know, not having certain fears, uh, you know, feeling a certain way. I know for a fact that those those are some of the things that help me, you know, envision what hadn't been seen yet, you know, to help finish this system and create the system because everyone else is, you know, stoned out of their mind on, you know, Percocets (laughs) and they can't feel anything. You know, basically their body's dead. Um, and you know, I feel good and my mind is still very active and my mind is still very creative and it was a very creative process to come up with this stuff. It's also terrifying when you're the guy coming up with the system because there's nobody to ask. Like there's nobody that knows. And I knew that nobody knew. You can't do it wrong. Then there's no wrong way. But it's usually, you know, your coach can guide you and your coach, you know, Hey, do this. But my, I realized my coaches didn't know. And so it was up to me to sort of come up with the strategies and come up with the systems and to be honest with you, that's terrifying. Imagine going to war and, and as a soldier, you're making all the decisions. And that's how it was for me. Sure. Frank, let me ask you this. You know, what do you what do you think about the UFC? Two part question. Do you think the uh, the UFC is is leaning towards the cannabis use for their for their uh, fighters? And two, where is the UFC going right now? And are you happy with where they're where they're headed? You know, as far as from when you uh, were in. Well, yeah, they're definitely moving towards, you know, a cannabis friendly um, environment because, you know, they see the results. Everybody's using you know, CBD, everybody's using oils. Uh, people are figuring out that it does protect your brain and you can help protect your brain. Um, so they're definitely getting more friendly about it. But really, that's up to the commissions and that's up to, you know, the people that sort of oversee that testing side. Um, and, I, and I love where the sport is at. Like my dream, I mean, I was the first spokesman. So my job was to get us on cable. My job was to get us on network. My job was to grow this thing until it was on ESPN. So when I see it on ESPN now, it's like, you know, ah, we made it. You know, this is where we're supposed to be because it's it's one of the most exciting and interesting sports. And for me, you know, I didn't I didn't play on teams. It was me and my coaches, you know, against the other side. Um, so there's something very special about singular competition and what that does for the human spirit and what you see when that happens, you know, for the individual and then for the crowd as well. And like you well, said, guys, you took it to the next level as they had no way to pass. You, I used to love watching you fight bigger guys. Let, let me ask one more question here. One more question from me. Would you, it would be kind of funny though. Do you think they'd ever ban it because it's, it's uh, enhancing you as a, you know, like other uh, steroids, things like that. It's like, they're going to say, wait, it's, it's not fair. Cause you're, you're taking cannabis and I'm not. Well, that <laughs> if they were smart, they'd figure that That's out. Funny. But I don't think they're ever going <laughs> to even get to that mindset. For me, it was a total enhancer. Like for me, it was a secret weapon because every night I slept good. I wasn't in pain. I could train longer. I could, you know, think better. I could think more creatively. So, yeah, I mean, it, there's certainly an argument that could be said for that. Well, guys, you're listening to iHeartRadio with Frank Shamrock. When we come back, we're going to have the high five right here on Cannabis Talk. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. (sighs) Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named Best Hybrid Mattress 5 Years Running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101. I'm Mark Wasserman, little brother of the Pop Brothers at Law, with my big brother Craig, Big Joe Grande, and Blue, and our special guest, Frank the Legend Shamrock. And right now, it's special thanks time to our producer, Elvis, Elvis. our social media Woo-hoo! director, Jennifer, Beth hey, hey. Ann, Sophia, and David Wasserman at iHeart for helping us get this podcast up and out to the whole world. And a very, very special shout out. Two big boy, big boy, because that guy deserves it. And everyone who supported Cannabis Talk 101, we truly appreciate you. Now, back over to the guy you call Joe, but I call him the round mound of radio. It's time for the high five. <laughs> Take it away. Well, we have Frank the Legend Shamrock on with us. Frank, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. I, like I said earlier on, I, I just want to thank you again for the memories. I have a picture up on my wall, literally in my office, of me, you, Maurice Smith, and Javier Mendez in the back. And I'm looking at it right now. And I literally have that picture up in Show my us. office. And I put it everywhere and anywhere I move to. So you are always a part of my office, just to let you know. You're always with I me, brother. It. So thank you very much. And there's a picture of me uh, holding the belt behind your your head after you won that fight. All right, can we yourself. do the high five, Joe? Enough about I you. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. Yeah. Not the Joe uh, show. Okay. Sorry about that. Frank, how old are you the first time you smoked? And where did you get it from? I think I was about nine or ten years old. And it was from my neighbor across the way. He had a little brother. Uh, there was an older brother, and the older brother smoked. 
and okay. I knew the smell from my my mom was like a hippie, so I knew the smell. And so him, me and the younger brother went into his uh, ten speed zip open pouch, and we found, we found some green and we smoked it. And I remember the first time, yeah. So I probably was ten. I might have been. Yeah, it was about ten. That's awesome. Good age. That's awesome. What I think you've already answered this, but what is your favorite way to use cannabis? For me, it's smoking. Smoking's the best. It's the fastest delivery source. It's the easiest, most functional. And works the best for me because I got pain and I need it gone like immediately. Is it a joint, a pipe, a bong? Which way? Whatever's <laughs> whatever. whatever you have in front of you, huh? <laughs> whatever's whatever's closest, yeah. Whatever gets near the hand. Question number three of the high five on cannabis talk one on one with Frank Shamrock. Craziest place you've ever used cannabis? Or- oh wow. Uh definitely on the airplane. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Days. Def- Private? Definitely on the air. Yeah. No, no, no. Pop, uh, uh, commercial. We flew back from uh, Japan one time and the Dutch guys had given me some, um, had given me some weed, but it was pure white. It was nothing but like crystal white weed. Like it was the strongest thing you've ever experienced in your life. And so I went in the bathroom with a can and I took one hit, <laughs> one hit, and I was, and I was, I was just like, ah, oh, like one hit, and I was back to sleeping again. Yeah, wow. the one hit wonder. That, one hit wonder. That, yeah, that Japan ride is ten hours, so yeah. you, you got to settle in. It was three That'll for you. It's <laughs> the Cannabis Talk 101 High Five. We're here with Frank, the legend, Shamrock, UFC middleweight championship, retired, a four-time defending undefeated champion. Here is question number four of the High Five. What is your go-to munchies after you get high? Oh, I like chips. Love chips. Nice. What kind? Like All the, right. In anything salty. To me, it's, it's, it's something to do with the salt and the crunch and the whole the whole. Have you ever tried teats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I nice like, but anything, Cheetos, Fritos, heat, like any, any, anything that crunches and munches, like that's. that's you it. should be a fat guy, Frank, because you're way too small to be eating a lot of chips like that at 180. Frank Shadrock, if you could smoke weed, cannabis, whatever you want to call it with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Bob Marley, man. There he is. Well, yeah. I mean, but why, why, what is your reason for Bob? Of course you could have many, but what is your reason for Bob Marley? Well, I think he used the medicine in a very spiritual way and it enhanced sort of his music and his life. And to him, it was, uh, you know, his medicine, part of his religious culture. And to me, that's where this started from, you know, at eons ago, you know, some, some guys wearing skins were running around and they found this medicine and they realized it was good for them. And so they started incorporating it into their culture, into their lifestyle, into their medicines. Sure. And their music. Awesome. Before we wrap up, too, I want to ask you one more question. Is there anybody out there that you would not regret, but say, you know what? I want to get your ass in the ring one more time. I know I'm retired. I know you're retired. But let's just, you know, ground and pound for a minute. I, I still want to give you a couple punches. The only guy that I didn't get to would, was Sakuraba in Japan. And that just, you know, too many players were in the way. And then and then my brother, Ken, like him and I had beef for years. We were going to work it out. And then that fell apart as well. So as I look back, you know, we grew up fighting. We grew up in a culture where if you had a beef, you dealt with it and then you hugged it out. Yeah. And so, you Dude, know, that's one of the moments. 
And your brother said it best on that special. I love the special, by the way, on Spike TV with you and your brother and the whole meeting up and stuff. Like families fight for free all the time. Why yeah. don't we fight yeah. and get paid? It's like brothers fight for free every day and kick each other's ass. Mark and Craig, you could hear them fighting outside their office on a daily basis. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. let them get some money for it, for God's sakes. We're going to charge you next time, Joe. <laughs> Yeah, what are you watching and eating popcorn over there? Hey, one more thing that that we do have to do, Joe, and you mentioned it at the beginning of the show, our script and something that we we like to leave with our guests. And and do you even know it? You know, Frank, do you know what me and my brother teach people across the country about dealing with law enforcement? To shut the fuck up, right? That's it. (laughs) Ultimately, that's right. Shut the fuck up. Ultimately, that's the takeaway. But our script is a simple 25 words. And we like to make sure everybody knows it. So me and my big brother will do the daily script review. Ready, big brother? Let's do it. All right. What do you say when the cops first pull you over? Why'd you pull me over, sir? And when they start asking questions. Not discussing my day or evening. And when they keep asking more questions. Am I being detained or am I free to go? And if detained, what do you say? I invoke the fifth. And then when they get in your face and intimidate you, try to scare you and lie to you and say whatever they want and ask you more questions, what do you do? I shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Ultimately, shut the fuck up. Then cops ask questions. So, Frank, we teach that just across the country. What do you think about that? I love it because I've always dreaded that day when they would pull me over and be like, why does your car smell like a bunch of cannabis? <laughs> not discussing my day. You're goddamn not discussing my day. And Frank, you know what? We've actually created this poem that furthers his brains in your mind. No, 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 no. No, no, I don't know. Hey, he said he might. Wait. If Joe, if Frank, the legend, wants to hear it, I might have to give it to him. Give it to him. Give me the poem. No, hold on. Hold on. Before. You just want the poem. Leave a, he leave a, request the poem. Hey guys, leave a comment below. You know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't want Frank the Legend to punch me in the face. But not only that, Frank, what are you stop Frank? If Frank wants to hear it, what are you going to go? I can swim twenty-five laps now. I'll beat your ass, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> well, as much as I hate doing it. Here you go. Am I being detained or am I free to go? Yes. This is what to say. My lawyer tells me so. The cops are out there doing a job. Sometimes they must contain a mob, a thankless job that saves many lives. At their home are worried children, husbands, and wives. But does that give them the right to stomp on my rights? So we are here for you, the cannabis community, to fight, to let you know it's okay to just shut the fuck up when cops ask questions. You start with, I'm not discussing my day, end with, I invoke the fifth. These ain't suggestions. These are words to live by, to memorize, see? It's not about the size of that cop's gun because they want you to run so they can pull that macho gun and shoot you for fleeing the scene. Some cops are just plain mean. We must shut it off, shut it down, those feelings of anger that instantly come around when that cop has to show his power and his might without cause, without reason, and we know they're not right. We must remain calm. Keep the devil sleeping on the left shoulder. We must be cold, even colder. Ice must flow through your veins to shut that heat. The blood that rushed your brain straight from your feet. When that cop disrespected you cause you wouldn't tell him what that smell was. And he accuses you of a pot DUI cause he absolutely knows <laughs> that's your buzz. But see, they can't tell and they don't know. Only if you tell them so. Oh, officer, I smoked a joint a few hours ago. Officer, here's my medical rec. Officer, I'm a marijuana patient. We live in America. 
prohibition still exists. That cop's going to do whatever he's going to do. 50-50, he arrests you. Give us a chance to represent you with a defense that's blazing. Let us show you in court we're amazing, but we can only do that if you listen to our tips. Now let me see you move your lips. You know the drill. When the cops ask questions, we say, I'm not discussing my day. Am I being detained or am I free to go? I invoke the fifth and then you shut the fuck up. It's no, all about I, what I you gotta say. say no, what, what I was gonna do. say. We have given you the script. We are telling you what to say. We are telling you what to do. We put your hands up in protection mode. But should you take a shot to the jaw, we will be fighting for the cannabis community because we are the Pop Brothers. At cannabis law. talk one on one. So before I forget, I'm, this is Big Brother, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna get the last question in, um, but I can't remember it now because that was too fucking long. Actually, what we have we have a, a, a twist to the script during the coronavirus. And imagine uh, in your lifetime that you would ever be able, when you get pulled over, to tell the officer when he asks you, this is the only time in the history of the script that you go off script when you say, I'm not discussing my day, and that's all you say. You don't say nothing else. You don't answer any questions. But if they ask you, oh, it's a shutdown order, what are you, what are you out for? You can actually say, I'm going to go buy my cannabis. It's essential. <laughs> Imagine telling the cop, I'm going to buy weed. I think it's great. Joe, what do you think? You guys talk I too much. I think it's awesome. <laughs> I, I want to know, Frank, your thoughts on Mark Wasserman's poem that he gives his brother credit for because he says Pop Brothers at Law, but that's all Mark Wasserman. <laughs> I wrote it. I liked it. It was good. Maybe we can turn it into a rap or something. Yeah. <laughs> With some yeah. to it. Well, Frank, we want to thank you for joining us on Cannabis Talk 101. It's been amazing having you on the show. If you're listening out there, make sure you share this because it's important to hear from leaders like this man right here. He's a legend in the game. Uh, it's Cannabis Talk 101. Remember this. If no one else loves you, we do. Peace. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Cannabis Talk 101 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I got to change the oil in my car. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic with an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for only $36.99. What do I do with my old oil? We can recycle your used oil for free. And do you have oil for my old work truck? You can find the right high mileage oil to help it go farther right here at AutoZone. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply.